Warning! The Bone Bad Joe is intended for adults only and contains bad words and other yucky stuff that may make some people very angry. So watch out! like Optimus. everybody welcome to episode 154 of the bone bad show this is steve this is gord how's it going man 
It's going well. It's going well, Steve. We are in the post-film fest afterglow? time of our lives. Is it the afterglow? Yeah, afterglow. That's, that's a good way to put it. Steve, yes. as I'm driving across this great country of ours, right now? here's something I notice from time to time. I see this, and I just saw this last week. I was driving across the country and I'm, I, you know, I'm looking out and I'm, I'm in an area where there's not a lot of civilization. I see guys on horses, like working a ranch and I come up kind of the edge of civilization. And as there is on the edge of civilization, there is a sewer treatment facility because these things are a necessary part of our infrastructure. And there are sewer ponds, big old settling tanks. And this is what I see right there, right there in between two big settling tanks is a weather-beaten old lifesaver. One of those floaty rings you throw to people that are drowning. <laughs> and I'm like, what happened that they need to put lifesavers up at sewer pond? <laughs> I mean, some really, really terrible thing went down that that had to become some kind of a law or a code. And I, I thought, you know, if I'm ever in a situation where someone is about to throw me the sewer life-saving ring, just don't. Just don't do it. Just let me go. I've got the I've got the waste of 10,000 strangers in my mouth. I want to die at that point. Please, let me sink to the bottom. <laughs> I don't know. You're driving, you see things, you start thinking. Maybe someone can call into the show and explain the history of the of the horrible life-saving ring. And after they use that, if they use it once, do they put it back up on the rack or do they just like burn it right there? Because who wants to have to deal with that? So I wonder if you're working around the sewage treatment facility, do you have to wear like a life vest too? Oh God, maybe you do, like a personal flotation device. Or is it just like, you know, you have to have it in the boat, you have to have it on the side. Yeah, maybe so. Like, you don't actually have to wear it. I don't know. I don't know. If I had to wear that, though, I would also, like, Velcro a 357 Magnum to it. So if I fell in, I could just shoot myself before anyone pulled me out. I see. Well, that's quite an that... intro. And I, I understand <laughs> why you would think of fetid pools of shit when you want to discuss the recap of our film festival. What the fuck are you doing, man? <laughs> It's horror comedy. That's what it is. <laughs> I, I really don't understand you sometimes. Well, you know, at least I didn't lead off with the story about, you know, having an issue with a soft drink in a supermarket. There you go. Well, yeah, once again, we just uh, completed our seventh Bonebat Comedy of Horrors Film Festival, which took place on uh, April 8th at the SIF Cinema Uptown in Seattle, Washington. Uh, I want to say a great time was had by all. I think that was the case. There were a lot of people that, that left the theater with smiles on their faces and talking about films. And uh, I, I think that it was, uh, again, uh, a good time for just about everyone. Just about? Yeah. Who didn't have a good time? I don't I know. Names. Uh, we had, of course, uh, two great features that were really well received, 42 shorts from around the world, and the music of Supersonic Soul Pimps, which you're actually listening to right now. We opened the show with a live version of the song Thunder Pig from the festival, and you're going to hear a lot more of that as the show continues. Additionally, we have uh, 
our award winners we're going to announce for the uh, 2017 Film Fest, as well as a couple of interviews with some of our directors. So how cool is that? It's super cool, man. Also, uh, if you are interested in some Bone Bat Film Festival swag, we have some uh, T-shirts and hoodies left over from this year's event that you can uh, pick up at our store on Square. So if that is uh, something that sounds like it might interest you, click on the banner on the Bone Bat page. They're pretty awesome art. They're nice shirts this year. Art by Mike Hawkins. They look great. And I I didn't realize until after the fact, it's almost Seahawks colors. (laughs) <laughs> really? I, I did. It didn't even occur to me until like this weekend. I was like, "Holy shit! How did I not notice that?" Yeah, it occurred to me because so many things that I own are green and blue. <laughs> That's why mm-hmm. it's just. Oh yeah, it's just Steve color. Yeah, let's see. Uh, t-shirt black, check. Seahawks colors, <laughs> check. Yeah, it's kind yeah, of ninety percent uh, of your wardrobe right exactly, there. Exactly right. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, we have a. Uh, as I mentioned, a lot more film festival stuff to talk about. But uh, before we get to that, Gord. Steve. What pisses you off, man? Steve, let me tell you. This is what pisses me off. Normally, I fly back from uh, your fair city on Southwest Airlines, my favorite airline. But the flight that I always take back, they no longer have that flight on Sundays. So I flew Alaska, which is a different kind of experience flying out of SeaTac. Let me tell you. Instead of being in the normal terminal, you take the stairs to the escalator to the other stairs to a secret underground tram. You (laughs) go, like, out of the state, I think, behind a dumpster and over a fence. And then you end up in the, uh, the area where Alaska Airlines flies. And then we got on this plane, and the plane was too small to accommodate all the people and all their carry-on bags. It had enough seats for all the people, but not for all the carry-on. And they tell you this right up front. They're like, hey, everybody, I know we said you could all bring one piece of carry-on luggage, but surprise, our plane shrunk, and we can't fit it all. So the first people to get on the plane are going to be able to put their carry-on. The rest are going to have to, like, stash it underneath the plane. Maybe it'll get to your destination. Maybe not. We can't be held responsible. That may not have been a direct quote, but it was pretty close. Okay. Okay, so so you're essentially in this scrum because they board, you know, first they do the, the like 17 different stages of first class. There's like first class, first class premiere, first class premiere with the golden handshake, first class premiere with the silver shackles. I don't even know what the fuck. They go through all those and then they got people with babies, people that act like babies, people that are pushing old people. And then finally they get to the remaining group and it's like, okay, now everybody in the back of the plane, you can go. So those people go. And now the middle 78% of the plane is allowed to board. People know this. They're doing the math. And you just get on in whatever order you show up for this middle 78% of the plane. Right. And everyone is like trying to do the, the polite jostle, the like, oh, pardon me. But no, bitch, I know what you're doing. You're trying to get in front of me with your fucking carry-on. Not going to happen. I'm standing here so I can like get home with my – because it's got all my – you know, it's got the stuff, my stuff in it. I'd like to keep my stuff. Awful. Fucking awful. You know Southwest does? They have these things, these these numerals on the ticket, and then everyone lines up in accordance with the number. There's no freaking scrum. There's no fight. There's no 
half an hour where you're all like trying to pack as close to the door as possible while simultaneously staying out of the way because the other people are going first. It's stupid as shit. Pisses me off. Why they can't figure out how to use numbers like any other airline beyond me. But it did have an upside because I was traveling with my teenage son. Okay. And he doesn't have a lot of experience with watching some large bureaucracy do something simple really terribly. And it was so much fun watching him slowly lose his shit at what a stupid situation it was. By the time we were finally getting on the plane, he was ready to write a letter to the CEO <laughs> of Alaska Airlines explaining how to line up Holy according shit. to like 123 or ABC or something. It was great. <laughs> But yeah, the uh, the Alaska Airlines boarding situation, that, that pisses me off. Steve, huh. what about you? Wow. What pisses you off, man? Hey, you, you notice how like you go to restaurants and you might be getting a burger or a gyro or a burrito or whatever it is. And yeah. there's going to be there's like a Coke machine there in the lobby. And it's the kind where, you know, they give you a cup and you go fill your Coke machines. And in some of these places, there's a sign that's like no free refills. And that kind of pisses me off because I'm kind of thinking if you're going to make me pour my own fucking drink, then I should be able to top it off as many times as I want. If you don't want to have free refills, put the machine behind the counter where it belongs. Yeah, I totally agree. And what about when you get a drink that's too fizzy? You know, you're getting some head on it. By virtue of the fact that there's no free refills, you got to stand there, peep, 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 peep. You know, yeah. fill it up, try to try to get it up to the top. Otherwise, you go back and you're afraid someone's going to yell at you. Yeah, no, it, yeah, it's bullshit. And, and or if the mix is off, because, you know, oh, yeah. whoever goes out from behind the counter and walks out into the restaurant to try to fix the Coke machine. So, yeah, no, that, that totally pissed me off. There was a place this week where that happened, and I was just like, fuck you. <laughs> As it is, it's like 25 cents worth of soda you're charging me two bucks for. And then you're going to begrudge me a top-off? That's bullshit. Fuck you. That pisses me off. So did you rebel? Did you, like, go back for a free refill anyway and then pour it out in the parking lot? No, I didn't. All right, dude, why don't we listen to another tune? All right, how about uh, some more supersonic soul pimps? Let's do it. This is live from the 2017 Bone Bap Film Festival. I call you out.
again, we are back, and joining us now, I'm very happy to say, is one of the directors of a film that we showed at the 2017 Boneback Comedy of Horrors Film Festival, Garden Party. This is Victor Kerr. How you doing, man? Yeah, I'm fine. And you? I'm doing very well. Thank you so much for joining us on the show all the way from France. This is awesome. Yeah, it's a pleasure. <laughs> well, the reason we wanted to have you on is the audience at this year's fest voted Garden Party with their Viewer's Choice Award for animation. So congratulations, man. Thanks. Thanks Thanks for the festival. And uh, it's always a pleasure to win a, a prize from the, the audience because um, that's the best uh, award you can have because uh, it's a true choice and... Uh, it's, it's not uh, from professional or it's, it's just people watching a movie and just uh, having a good time. And uh, so so uh, we are uh, we are all the team is really happy to win uh, to win this prize. Absolutely. Well, we're, and we're very excited to send you your trophy. This is the first year we've had actual physical awards. So uh, yeah. be sure and give me your address when we're done here. But uh, right now, why don't you tell me a little bit about how you made Garden Party? I have to say, this film is absolutely gorgeous. And what I found really striking about it, and I think one of the reasons why Gordon and I selected it, is that it has photorealism, but colors that you'd never see in nature. It's just beautiful. Yeah, that's the thing with uh, computer animation that's... uh... Uh, you know, you can shoot something really normal, but uh, even sometimes really uh, dirty or ugly, uh, like toads or mm-hmm. or something. And uh, CG animation will bring something different. And uh, it's not like shooting with a uh, real camera. It's uh, always uh, giving something much more colorful and... Um, and bring an, another different attention on simple things that you can shoot. But also we, we try to saturate color to give kind of joy and a cool uh, atmosphere uh, to have this contrast uh, with um, the, the horror scene in the background. So that's why we try to saturate color in the film. I think you really showed that off in the way that... Uh the film goes from daytime to nighttime when the lights come on and the fountain comes up and the music comes on and it just the saturated color it's just beautiful yeah we that's there was a a hard work on the as you said the day to the night uh, when you have to just work on the um, really carefully on all the shots to have this kind of impression that the Time is passing and the sun is uh, falling, and uh, so it's a really hard work because in all the shots uh, the lighting is changing, and we wanted to to have this impression that the film is happening in uh, a full day, but kind of a real time uh, impression. So, uh, yeah. I think you succeeded well on that front, definitely. Uh, Another thing I really love about the film is the way that you tell the story is very subtle. You have the frogs and toads as they explore the place, but then you you start to see things out of the corner of your eye, like bullet holes, or there's one point where a frog drops through a bullet hole in the glass, and then the the story's just sort of unraveled to you throughout the film rather than being told to you like a traditional story. 
Yeah, because at the beginning we were more focused on the, the animals because we we really like animals. We already uh, done uh, others uh, movies with uh, cartoon animals or photorealistic animals, but uh, this time for this film we wanted to add something else because we love the the, the point of view of the animals because it, they are uh, more simple. They they don't have all the problems that humans have. So uh, they want simple things. They want to eat. They want to have sex. They want to to drink or uh, play. And so we, 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 we had this idea to, with this same crime, to bring a contrast between uh, something kind of dramatic, but uh, compared to the vision of the animals, create something like a black humor. And finally said, you know, this is not so important. Yeah, toads don't, don't, doesn't care, don't care about it. They're just happy and, uh, and the nature is always like winning in a, in a in kind of way. Uh, sorry, I'm, I'm not, sometimes I can find the word in, uh, in English, but uh, I hope you understand. I do, and, I do absolutely um, do, yeah. So we had um, really, really tough work on the kind of uh, Alfred Hitchcock style to uh, to get progressively the, the clues and uh, and not too fast and not too obvious to uh, always say to the, the audience look at the frogs and uh, <laughs> right. sometimes there is a there is a little clue but no, no look at the frogs and uh, <laughs> it's a, it was a really really interesting uh, kind of uh, of so- storytelling uh, really really difficult and uh, we are really happy that uh, people appreciate it so thank you. Oh, absolutely. Well, thank you again for sharing your work with us for the 2017 Film Fest. Uh, so what are you working on next, Victor? Um, right now, uh, as, as you can, you may know, it's a student film. Yes, so, uh, absolutely. You need over five other directors as well on the film, right? Of course, yeah. We were six guys working uh, one year on this film. And now um, five of us, we chose to stay together and try to work as a collective of directors. So we, now we try, we work for uh, producers um, in Paris. So CG animation uh, in the work industry, how can I say, is more um, working with uh, advertising because uh, sure, yeah, this, is, uh, this is where there is a lot of work for us. So for now, we just focus on advertising and um, and uh, making movies for brands and um, so we try to keep our style and uh, our storytelling so for now yeah that that's what that's what we do and uh, in the same time we try to to work on other shorts uh, other uh, stories so that's that's the, the the cool thing with staying together we succeed to keep the energy because uh, last June uh, in 2016 it was a risk that we could just break the, the group and just uh, leave in solo go in solo and uh, work in uh, in companies around the world like uh, in London or Paris or uh, United States and uh, we succeed to stay together and uh, I think it's a cool thing for us uh, for the future and making other films so yeah that's what we do now and uh we'll see what happens well fantastic congratulations on your new company and uh best of luck with your future endeavors man 
Yeah, thank you very much. So a final question, Victor. We always ask all of our guests here on the Bone Bat Show. Sir, what pisses you off? Oh, that's a difficult question. Um, what's making me angry? When things doesn't work. I'm really angry when things doesn't work. I'm really angry when my computer doesn't work. Because in, <laughs> uh, in computer animation, your PC is your best friend and your worst enemy. He's almost human sometimes when he doesn't want to do a job correctly or uh, making the right image. That's the most of my time when I'm when I'm pissed off. It's against my PC, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> I totally, as a podcaster, I totally understand. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> well, thank you again, Victor, for joining us on the show, and congratulations on Garden Party. It's a wonderful film, and uh, I hope that all of our listeners get a chance to see it at some point. Yeah, and thank you very much uh, for making uh, the film traveling ar around the world. Uh, we are so proud that we can be in those festivals uh, in the United States or in other countries. It's uh, so wonderful for for us. So uh, thank you. Thank you very much for this prize. And uh, see you next time. again that was the supersonic soul pimps with i call you out live at the 2017 bombat comedy of horrors film fest and following that we had our interview with uh, victor care one of the six directors of garden party a absolutely gorgeous animated film that was the winner of this year's viewers choice award for best animated short as selected by our audience yeah that was a favorite that thing was was so beautiful definitely a highlight of the fest it, it for those who haven't seen it you can see the trailer on the film festival website and what is amazing about the film is it it's just so photorealistic and yet it has the most gorgeous colors that you would never actually see in nature it's amazing yeah those guys they did a hell of a job on that you know that wasn't the only high point of the film festival why don't we talk a little bit about some of our favorite moments man right on yeah well the whole thing is kind of my favorite moment because when you get to make everybody, like a whole bunch of people, laugh or scream, you make a whole bunch of people enjoy themselves all at once and you, you go, yeah, I did that. That's that's pretty cool. And then what? you do it over and over and over for 11 hours. <laughs> right, right. But really, I, I thoroughly enjoyed bringing the procedure to the big screen and watching my friends watch that movie. 
Oh my God! So that film, that film is available publicly. So uh, go watch it right now. There's a link on the Bone Bat Film Festival page. We'll wait. Okay, now that you saw that. Okay. Yeah. What do you think of that? Huh? On your huh? little on your little computer screen, that is so much less hairy than it is <laughs> in a full theater on the big screen. Oh my god! Oh, it was so big. It was so big. It was just. Oh, it I was watched enormous. my friend like slowly retreat into the collar of her shirt <laughs> as the movie went on. <laughs> And you were sitting like you right in front expect, of me. But it's not that. Yeah, the, the film ends. I'm just like, what's wrong with you? And you're laughing. And you're like, we just put that on an enormous screen. <laughs> yeah, did that. That happened. That was great. One of my favorite moments was, uh, of course, we had uh, Zoran Gavoyich of Low Carb Comedy who joined us at the film festival this year. And we were playing his film Sausage Fingers, which jokingly says in 3D during the film right. and we just happened to have it in the block right before found footage 3d so everybody a whole bunch of people in the theater put on their glasses because they thought the film was going to be in 3d and it's kind of a gag and then later on it comes back and it says okay now it's in 3d put on your glasses and but it's only in 3d for the character on the screen it's never actually in 3D. And so we were talking to Zoran after about that. And we we're like, was that the first time that you know of that everybody in the theater actually had 3D glasses in their possession when you showed this film? And he said, yes, that, that had never happened before. So in essence, we kind of trolled our entire audience, which was pretty funny. Yeah, it was it was so great. As soon as I saw, I'd forgotten all about that. It's just a quick throwaway gag. Yes. But that appears on the screen. And, like, in unison, people reach up to their glasses, they're perched on their heads, and pull them down. I'm like, oh, shit. I turn to the person next to me, I'm like, don't, the, the movie's lying to you. Yeah, oh, it was so much fun. And there were just so many good films this year that, that it was great to see on the big screen. Hope, the Spartacus of zombie films from uh, Anime Lusardo, that was so much fun to watch, you know, just kind of unfold in front of a unwitting audience uh night of the slasher was an absolute blast that was so cool i really enjoyed that uh monsters monsters is a film that you can another one you can watch now directed by steve desmond and it's got this amazing ending you've just got to see it and you can we've got a link on the website go watch it right now but what a great film and that was one that was really fun to see our audience experience for the first time too cool yeah so great and of course having eric morgan and his package there that was a lot of fun too it was it was really great to see somebody who's been in the audience for the longest time at this festival have a film in the festival and have it so well received you know for him right there that was that was pretty wonderful i like that and this year really all of the northwest people who showed up like the northwest films got a great response uh, todd Rodinius was there for cans of evil uh, ryan bright short film awkward got an awesome response people were cracking up about that one and also a ty huffer within this economy uh, just a very solid block of Pacific Northwest films. All the films uh, just did a great job this year. We were really happy with that. Steve, what about the film that you helped kickstart this year? Oh, yeah, Death Metal from Chris McEnroy. Man, that film is so much fun. There is a joyfulness in the amount of gore that man puts on the screen. That I, I just <laughs> love it. 
He just paints the entire screen from left to right with blood, and it's so much fun every time he does it. Again, he's got a new short that he's working on now. We summoned a demon. I wouldn't be surprised at all if you see that one on the big screen a year from now in Seattle. Very cool stuff. And if it has lots and lots and lots and lots and lots of blood. <laughs> Absolutely. And I got to say, I think that the features were really well received. It was great having Steven DiGennaro there to do a Q&A after Found Footage 3D premiered. And everybody was yeah, so we were just it. like a just like a real film festival, weren't we? Yeah, and no, the everybody enjoyed it. Q&A. And then closing the evening with The Night Watchman, which is such a, a fun salute to 80s horror. Uh, everybody would just came out just smiling ear to ear. It was too cool. It's a lot of fun. The whole fest. You know, really unmarred by any big issues. The only thing that I was bummed about is we had technical difficulties getting Supersonic Soul Pimp sound together at the start of their set, which was kind of a bummer, and I, I'm sorry to the audience for that. But I think that once they started playing, everybody forgot about that pretty quickly. They did a great job. But Yeah, they were, they were solid once, once it actually started happening. Yeah, no, they're a fantastic band. I was bummed, though. They didn't get to play their opening medley with Godzilla because we were running short on time. Totally bummed about that. That is too bad. But really, that was the only thing that marred an otherwise brilliant day. So, again, thank you to everybody who attended. Thank you again to all of our sponsors who helped make this happen. All the people who gave us prizes to give away. Our prize giveaway is is so ridiculous that the theater was like, fucking, okay, enough already. We have films yeah. to show. Move <laughs> along, people. This is a theater, not a raffle. Yeah, so it, it, it was an amazing night. And uh, if you missed it this year, I hope you can join us again next year. Well, it wouldn't, it wouldn't really be again, would it? Uh, well, I guess not yet. So, you know what? We should announce our award winners now that we've mentioned it. First off, as we mentioned, Viewer's Choice Award for Best Animated Short goes to Garden Party from Mopa and Sevi Films, directed by Florian Barbikian, Vincent Bayou, Victor Kerr, Theophila Dufresne, Gabriel Grapparon, and Lucas Navarro from France, of course. Congratulations to you. The uh, Viewer's Choice Award winner for Pacific Northwest Short went to Eric Morgret and Kelly Young of Maelstrom Productions for The Package. Congratulations, gentlemen. The Viewer's Choice Award for Best Live Action Short. It's almost not a surprise because it was the last short that we showed. We knew it was strong, but man, it's an amazing film. Directed by Ryan Spindell from Trapdoor Pictures, The Babysitter Murders was our live-action short Viewer's Choice Award winner. Congratulations. And finally, a new award this year. Gord, why don't you do the honors on this one? All right, and this is a new award. We're finally giving an award with an actual cash prize. 100 U.S. dollars accompanies this award. This is the Bone Bat Jumbo Bonus Jury Award, the BJBJ this is none other than Love Bitten Woo! by Dan Allen from the UK on Major Seuss. That, yeah, that, was, that, film, that film was quoted. That People in the street afterwards were quoting lines from that film. They were. That's such a fun one to watch and to see in front of a live audience. And this was, you know, some films we get 
that, hey, we had this director two years ago, so we already know that person. This one just kind of came out of nowhere. We weren't expecting it. It was submitted just amongst the hundreds of submissions we get, and we instantly fell in love with it. It's freaking hilarious. Kind of really well encapsulates what the Bone Bat Film Festival likes to do, which is be <laughs> yeah. quirky and weird and a little bit dirty and totally fun film. Uh, and it's an honor for us to have screened it. And uh, we're thrilled to be able to give away this award with a cash prize to Major Zeus Films and director Dan Allen. Very cool stuff. Yeah, so great. So um, look for that. Find that film out there at your favorite film festival. Find it, watch it. It's hilarious. Yes, it, it is delightful. Absolutely. So uh, once again, thank you to everyone who attended the film festival this year. Thank you to all of our Kickstarter backers who made it possible. Thank you to our sponsors. We'll thank them again at the end of the show. But uh, we really appreciate the opportunity to make this happen. So thanks. Thank you. So, dude, uh, how about a little uh, Gord's Weird Stuff? Yeah, I got some weird stuff, Steve. This is from the, the Lone Star State in Los Estados Unidos. Okay. In Texas, that's right. An elderly man died while receiving a lap dance at a strip club <laughs> in Texas. <laughs> no, <laughs> well, I, no I've heard of people like dying on Space Mountain at Disneyland and they like send the car around again to try to wake him up. But I haven't heard of somebody dying during a lap dance. <laughs> You know, I don't know, maybe maybe he died immediately after the lap dance. Maybe he died immediately before the lap dance. It's it's hard to determine the exact moment which his uh, soul left the body. But uh, none other than Mr. Robert Gene White, 67 years old, had traveled to the Red Parrot in El Paso, which describes itself as a legendary full-service gentleman's club. Well, it is now. Now, yeah, well, I... <laughs> What makes a legend? Is legend like something that might not really actually be true, like the Fountain of Youth or the Headless Horseman? Or if your lap dances kill people? The lap dance of death. Maybe that's what they mean by full service. I guess that is. Yeah. Cradle I like a lap dance with everything. All right. You asked for it. Uh, Yes, the club's manager said that White was unresponsive when the dance had finished, and after the dancer initially thought that he was trying to get out of paying his bill, they realized he was in trouble and began performing CPR. That would be the ballsiest move to like try to get a free lap dance, is to feign your own death until they just like get bored of you and wander off. It's like, like a bear slapping the tray around for a while and going, eh, he dead. That's like what the guy from Spooky Club did when he grew up. <laughs> right. It might have been him. Commit suicide know. by, yeah. During lap dance. A short time later, employees called 911. Uh, he was taken to the hospital, but was unable to be revived. The El Paso County Sheriff's Office said that it appears as though White died of natural causes. Police would not identify or release any further details. Natural causes, Steve. Nothing enhanced. It was all natural. What a way to go. Official said he died of legendary lap dancing. <laughs> it took six men 12 hours to get the smile off his face. <laughs> that does kind of suck for that poor dancer, though. I mean, that's that's going to be 
therapy right there. Yeah. Although yeah. maybe she could like make a whole new act out of it. Just take like some kind of Elvira theme and run with it. Maybe so. Get a theme song done. I bet. May, I bet someone like Death Star would probably be willing to write a theme song for. Her. Probably so. I'm just. I'm just spitballing here. <laughs> All right. Why don't we listen yeah, to another tune? Oh. Actually. All right. This one fits perfectly. This is, again, from Supersonic Soul Pimps in the 2017 Comedy of Horrors Film Festival. This is Auto-Eroticize. Very scary. Take a very good look at my drummer. This is Auto-Eroticize. I don't know if I got the names. He's actually a Jackson brother, but this song is all about him. You, you, you take over. Well, he's kind of famous. Let's check out the song. <laughs>
this is Victor from Garden Party, and you're listening at the Bone Bacho. All right, once again, we are back, and joining me now, I'm thrilled to have the director of the film Love Bitten, Dan Allen, joining us on the show. How you doing, man? Yeah, really good, thank you, Steve. How you doing, man? Oh, fantastic. Uh, thank you so much for making time to do this. I know that you're a busy man, but we had to give a shout-out to Love Bitten. Now, you're short. Uh, we saw it this year at the 2017 Comedy of Horrors Film Festival, and we wanted to award this our very first Bone Bat Jumbo Bonus Jury Award. This is an award selected by Gordon and I, the two hosts, because it best exemplified what horror comedy means to us. And congratulations, man. We're wow. totally thrilled. Thank you. This, I mean, it's, a, it's a pretty big big uh, title to go with it, so thank you. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. It's uh, Horror comedy is like, it, it's a hard one as well to... Uh, to, to get the balance of like flirting with genres but presenting it in like a like a nice comedic effect so it's, it's i'm really glad that you found it uh it, it ticked the boxes for you guys oh it absolutely did and for the first time ever we've always felt that we see how hard it is for independent filmmakers to bring these visions to the screen and we wanted mm. to give a little something back so there's a hundred dollars award that comes with this it's not a lot but it's a, our way of saying thank you for the blood sweat and tears that you put into your art <laughs> Oh, thank you so much, man. I mean, I'm going to put it into. I've got a couple of like really short projects that I'm working on this summer, like some short films. So I'm gonna, I'm definitely gonna invest it into that. So I'll give you, I'll give you guys a shout out <laughs> in the credits of uh, of that movie. <laughs> Fantastic, thank you. So, so tell us, how did Love Bitten come together? Where did you get the concept? So, um, the short version of it is, is I got dumped. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so I, uh, this girl broke up with me and. It was in. It was a proper cliche. It was in a coffee shop, and at the end of the like, well, actually no, halfway through having this coffee, I accidentally spilled my coffee all over her, and and I felt terrible immediately. And then I suddenly my brain started thinking, imagine if that was actually a, a malicious intention, or, or I actually enjoyed it, and, and what if I springboarded from this and just went off on a weird journey, um, and actually. <laughs> I wrote the f whole first draft of Love Bitten on the train journey home from uh, on, the, on the tube home from that coffee shop. <laughs> oh, I, I'll That's... be honest with you. I didn't know on page one that it was going to have a vampire in it. I just sort of ran with it and uh, <laughs> it, just get, it got out of control. It got really out of control. <laughs> that was fantastic. Well, it, it, I mean, it sucks that you got dumped, but it's great that <laughs> such a great short film came out of that experience. Yeah, right? Like, I, I mean, I'm incredibly grateful to her. I think she's, um, I think she's blocked me on all social media. <laughs> so she hasn't seen the film. <laughs> she has not seen the film, but I think she started seeing the behind-the-scenes pictures on social media. And I think that was when uh, I, I think she yeah put her foot down and, uh, and blocked me. So yeah, it's the first time this happened to me. Uh, hopefully, it won't happen again. But uh, but it was. I think the whole experience was worth it. And I've got this weird movie as a result. So I'm very grateful to her. <laughs> well, I don't want to obviously spoil too much because it's just out yeah. in the festival circuit and not a lot of people have mm -hmm. seen it. But I think as far as characterization goes, maybe not yeah. to that extreme. But everybody has known an Alex or had a roommate that was like Alex. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, definitely yeah. that character rings true in, you know, yeah. your daily human interactions. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I, I think the, the, the trouble is with, with the with the housemate character as well, especially in short films, is that you don't always get a chance to to completely give them their own journey. But I think that's actually what's nice about this is that 
to the hero to to everyone's own personal journey everyone else's lives kind of do just disappear and they they sort of drift in and out of, of your life and and people have you know their own existences going on and he does this sort of drip in um to act his life um and, he, and there is like this this um this person to to reflect off of and uh um, and just give a, also a sense of normality and confusion about what, what Alex is going through. Like we, we see Alex through his housemate's eyes as well as he does these very bizarre things that, again, I think we won't spoil them all. But, uh, yeah, we get to use him as well to, to witness what is happening to Alex as a result of this breakup, which is a pretty, pretty bizarre uh, thing. Well, again, it's just a wonderful film, and I hope that all of our listeners have a chance to see it very mm-hmm. soon. Uh, once again, we are going to be showing it at the Crypticon Horror Convention as part of the Best of Bone Bat block, which is going to be a great opportunity in Seattle Amazing. anyway. If you miss the film the first time, you can come out to Crypticon and see it there. So one more chance at least to see it there. Is there any other places where it's going to be screening soon, Dan? Um, nothing confirmed immediately. It's had a couple of um, screenings at a few networking events in London, which would be nice. So it's only just started getting out um, to audiences and, and to crowds, um, which is which is obviously really exciting for us. It's, it's the start of the second life of the movie, essentially. Obviously, you, you you live with the movie and you grow it, and now finally it's sort of <laughs> being set free and gets to gets to grow its own wings and, and, and fly, so to speak. Um, but uh, but we're expecting it to be online later this year because um and and people will actually be able to see more of it I think at the end of April or beginning of May so there's a there's an original music um there's an original soundtrack for the film um there's a song called Love Bitten that was actually written for the movie oh okay so some of the, some of the film is going to be cut up into this music video for the band um so so people will be able to see more of it through that song as well. Um, from Tibetan Night Terrors, which is really, really cool. Very nice. All right, man. Well, mm-hmm. congratulations on the success. Now, were we the U.S. premiere of Love Bitten? You actually were, yeah. Oh, Absolutely. that's so awesome. I didn't know that. There you go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> But yeah, no, yeah, absolutely. And thank you so much for, for being the, the first people to, to share it with everyone. It's really nice of you. Guys. Well, that, that is great to know. Fantastic. All right, man. Well, what are you working on next? Uh, so at the moment, so I'm just finishing up on my first uh, feature film, actually. So it's called Unhinged. It's a remake of the video nasty classic Unhinged. Oh, um, nice. And yeah, so we've taken it, we've modernized it, and also it's got a really nice kind of drama and character element to it as well, which, which pushes it through, but it's still got these horrible... Uh, situations and and uh, scenes which which behold them the main characters so it's it's honest to the the horror and the journey that these the original characters go on but we've got an entirely new story that we we take the characters through um which is really exciting and it's just finishing post-production shipping to distributors hopefully in the next couple of days and it will be out on dvd uh, i think in november should get um yeah dvd and video on demand distribution so we've got some deals in place which is exciting all right, and is that uh, in the U.S. as well? Yeah, yeah. So it's going to be through ITN distribution. Okay, um, we're going to be distributing it in the U.S. So I think the plan is for you know you'll be able to find it online in DVD and then also on video on demand services as well, which we hopefully will be able to confirm in the near future. Fantastic. Well, I will be sure and post a link for all our listeners as the time comes closer when that is released because I, I look forward to seeing it. That sounds fantastic. Yeah, yeah. It's less humor than Love Bitten, but I think. Uh, <laughs> You'll certainly see some similar kind of themes, maybe, perhaps. Fantastic. I'm looking forward to it. 
All right, man. Well, one last question we always ask all of our guests here on the Bone Bat Show. Dan, what pisses you off, man? <laughs> okay, I'm going to keep this thematic to the movie, um, to Love Pitten. Um, and for those that have seen it or for those that are looking to see it, white van drivers. Um, <laughs> that was actually a personal pet peeve. And they ended up in this movie... Um, it's hard to even explain the context, um, but yeah, I think I think just the, the, the brash nature of, of the way they drive, I think, is what is what pisses me off. Now, <laughs> it's funny because it turned out that when, when we watched that, we didn't really know what white van drivers were, but we got the gist mm. of it, and it didn't really yeah. need translation. It still worked. But why didn't you explain to our listeners what a white van driver would be in London? Of course, yeah, it, it might be quite a British thing to be honest. They're like uh, transit vans, so they're bigger than like a four by four, but not much bigger than that. And they, they, for whatever reason, always seem to come in white. You see a couple that are in silver or so, but they're just these generally slightly dirty, beaten up vans um, that they're often like scratched up loads because they're like they're, they're least vehicles that are just owned by companies so no one's really cares if they kind of get beaten up but then it just means that they drive really quickly around corners because it doesn't matter if they clip a corner or, or whatever whereas obviously yeah, most other people are just a lot more cautious it is a stereotype it's definitely not true of all white van drivers but although I, I said when I showed the script to one of my friends whose dad is a white van driver he was like <laughs> he, he, he literally turned around and said to me I like I, I don't get in the car with my dad like I think he's wrong <laughs> <laughs> oh that's too funny Mm. <laughs> fantastic alright man well thank you again so much for sharing no your fantastic short with us and for joining us on the Bone Bat Show yeah thanks for having me on man. it's been great
and I want you to Something totally free to be what you want to be when we're together. This is Dan Allen, director of Love Bitten and Unhinged, and you're listening to The Bone Bat Show. All right, once again, that was Supersonic Soul Pimps live at the Bone Bat Film Festival 2017 with Dangerous. And joining us now on the show is the director of the short film The Package, none other than Eric Morgret. How you doing, sir? Hello, how's it going, Steve and Gordy? Fantastic. Well. All right. Thank you again for uh, joining us on the show. And the reason that we called you here, Eric, is that your short, The Package, directed by you, created by Maelstrom Productions, written by Kelly Young, is receiving the Bone Bat Viewer's Choice Award for Best Northwest Short. Congratulations, man. You were a big vote-getter. That's awesome. Yes, so uh, congratulations. We have our crack team painting the uh, name of the film on your trophy, and I will actually deliver it to you in person at Crypticon. How does that sound? I think that could be arranged. All right. Fantastic. <laughs> that sounds great. <laughs> <laughs> so tell our listeners a little bit about how the package came together. Oh, well, let's see. I'll speak somewhat cryptically. You know, I don't want to give the whole thing yeah, away. Yeah, you don't but... want to give it away. Right. Because it is coming out on DVD. We're gonna, it's coming out from... Uh, Arkham Pictures on their best of 2016 DVD probably come out in October, so we got a fun little release for a short film. It's very strange. That's pretty cool. DVD release for that, but it's cool. Anyways, the idea is whenever you're watching a movie, there's always that one point in the movie and go, why don't you just? So we decided to do a short <laughs> that answers that question. <laughs> That was very well put, Eric. That was a great way to <laughs> paraphrase that movie. Yeah, because Steve and I watch a lot of movies, and both of us, independently, when we watched yours, we were both like, oh, yep, definitely, yeah, this needs to be seen. <laughs> Absolutely. It, it's been a fun one to watch with audiences, even 
And Bone Bat was the same thing. There's that last moment. And every crowd I've watched with, it's hit differently. Like in the Lovecraft, it hit immediately at the Lovecraft Film Festival. At Bone Bat, it hit it, it seemed to hit it like four different parts of the crowd. <laughs> <laughs> they're laughing. A oh, now they're laughing. Oh, okay. Every, okay, good. And then for some reason at Crypticon, I think they kept expecting another twist because it hit all the way at the end. The credits rolled, and that's when the laughter hit there. So like, okay, sure. <laughs> as long as you're laughing at some point, I'm good. Was that a bad moment while you were just sitting there in the silence of the theater going, oh, crap. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was very weird. Uh-oh. <laughs> Worked before. <laughs> For this short, you really pulled together a great cast. I mean, it's a very concise film, and Gordon is fond of saying that uh, he loves a short that has everything it needs and nothing it doesn't, and the package is a perfect yeah. example of that. But your your cast is wonderful. Just They do a great job of really selling... The whole concept of the film, which which I just love. The narration, too. Kelly did a wonderful job on that. <laughs> yes, yeah, I did. Yeah, J.D. and Steve. J.D. was the main guy. Steve was his butler. Which, you know, the under-his-breath line was really very loud at Bullet Bone Bad. It's like, oh, yeah, it was. here's that one. <laughs> you know, well, I had, yeah, to, I had them knows. turn that up because mm-hmm. of that. Because I was really worried that if people, <laughs> if people were just kind of laughing, that it would get lost. So when in, during the tech screening, I had them boost this film a little more than it would have normally. Ah, okay, that makes sense. <laughs> so, wow, I've never really heard it that clearly before in the theater. <laughs> but um, I've worked with JD for probably 20 years in various ways, different acting things and things like that. And Steve and I worked on a film last year that we're still in post on that's uh, totally unrelated. It's a romantic drama, divorce thing, so, you know, it's a little, little different. That's <laughs> the opposite of romantic. <laughs> yes. And uh, part of the fun for, you know, you talked about get in, get out, be done. That's how we shot that thing. We shot that in three and a half hours. Really? Oh, nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We all barreled in, set everything up, because we're all indie filmmaker guys, so, you know, there's nobody on the side going, <laughs> I'm not putting up that. <laughs> right. So yeah. Everything went up real quick. We set up the camera, shot it, but oh, we got it, and they're done. Editing, of course, took longer, but mm. yeah, it was <laughs> like, okay, we got what we need. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so the butler's name, he's Beauregard. Was that a reference to someone or something? Where did that name come from? That's not a not an everyday name. I will just about guarantee you, when Kelly wrote it, there was a a reference to something and the only thing I can think of right now is the Looney Tunes cartoon I think it's the the southern guy who's always calling his dog Beauregard Beauregard come here boy <laughs> wow <laughs> I don't know if that's it but I wouldn't be surprised <laughs> nice all right man well again congratulations on the award win and uh Thank you for sharing your fantastic work with us. Uh, Once again, we're going to be screening it one more time at the Best of Bone Bat block at Crypticon 2017. So you can catch uh, this fine film once more on the big screen. And uh, then we'll have our little award ceremony there. It's going to be awesome. One more note before we wrap up real quick. It was awesome to be part of Bone Bat. As you know, I've 
think I've been to every single one of them, and I yeah, absolutely I love the festival you guys put on. So it was fantastic to be shown as part of that. Oh, thanks, awesome man. show you guys put on. Oh, thank you. And I mean, when we talk about all the people that have made this festival possible, you being the creator of MIF, also being <laughs> the person who puts on the film festival portion of Crypticon, you were an endless resource when we were just starting out. And you know that. I consider you a valued friend. And thank you for everything that you've done for us yeah. just making this happen, Eric. I, I couldn't say that more sincerely. Yeah, that's, that's really true because we have... We didn't know our ass from a hole in the ground when we started. <laughs> well, you figured it out. <laughs> <laughs> we don't know our procedure from our old faithful. Let's put it that way. Oh, okay. Wow. <laughs> okay, bold I'll regard. Be, I'll be avoiding creating mental images of that for the rest of the evening. <laughs> nice. All right, man. As you know, one last question. We always ask all of our guests on the Bone Bat Show. Sir, oh, yeah. what pisses you off? Oh, wow. Right now, let's see if I can go with something more current instead of, you know, something classic. Right now, uh, I have a weird one. Okay. And maybe it's because I right. made movies or something like that. The idea of just automatically disliking an entire genre of movies or a style of movies or something like that uh, just drives me nuts. It's currently as a comic geek from years back i still love the idea that they're making superhero movies out of dr strange and stuff like that like, <laughs> right Deadpool. really yeah dr strange power man are you kidding me and uh you know every once in a while well more than every once in a while you see those posts on facebook hey, i hate superhero movies just because they're superhero movies right you haven't actually yeah that's like any that's of insane them. It's just insane to me, dismissing an entire genre of every of anything, be it yeah. uh, country music or superhero movies or, or any kind of art. You're potentially missing out on something that you may fall in love with. Yeah, why limit yeah, yourself? Yeah, that pisses me off, too. Exactly, yes. That right now is sticking in my craw, as it were. That's a, a great note to end on. Thank you again, sir for uh, sharing your film with us and uh, we will see you in a couple weeks at Crypticon. Alright, sounds good. Thank you guys. Thanks to the Bone Bat for running such a fantastic show. Everyone enjoy it, because, you know, you have to. 
All right, once again, that was our brief interview with director Eric Morgret of The Package. Thank you again to Eric for joining us on the show, and congratulations on your award for the best Pacific Northwest short. Brilliant. Why don't we do a little uh, multimedia triage, man? Well, because it's not enough media to talk about the media that we that we mediated people with at our own like live action media. We're going to talk about more media. Yeah, well, we got to tell people what to listen to, what to watch, what's cool, what we think is cool anyway. All right. Here, here, you know what? I I suppose if I have any geek cred, I may be spoiling it. If I had any like otaku cred, which I don't, I guess I would be losing that. But God damn it, I saw Ghost in the Shell and it was fucking great. And if you don't like Ghost in the Shell and you have actually watched it, then you're a lousy human being and you shouldn't be allowed to go to movies and you're stupid and you're dumb <laughs> and I hate you. Yeah, seriously. I mean, that, that movie got such tepid reviews and such blistering hate online and like the best it was getting was damned with faint praise. So I went in with really low expectations. Fucking great movie. That movie rocked. You should see it on a big screen too because... There is so much stuff going on in the background, just neat little throwaway things just that are not the center of the action or anything, that it is that it is fun to watch. It is a visual feast, and goddamn, it was a fun movie. Don't hate. Go watch it. <laughs> See, I got it. Have you seen it? No, I have not seen it, but I have to okay. think that your opinion is a little bit skewed. Because you're on the record as being completely enamored of Scarlett Johansson. She's like the female Tom Hardy for you. And <laughs> any film that you see with Scarlett Johansson in it, you're pretty much on the hook for. So that it's, is it's hard, true. It's, it's hard to separate. Was it a good film or do you just really, really like Scarlett Johansson? Yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Yeah, that's true. I, I make no buzz about it. I, I, I'm in love with her, and frankly, I think she secretly loves me, too. <laughs> and she doesn't want to go public with it because it would kind of hurt her image to be, you know, seen with some elderly, tiny troll. Oh, wait, she dated Sean Penn. <laughs> no, but seriously, even without her, it would have been a great movie. Okay. So, Duly yeah. noted. So that was a movie I was supposed to not like, despite the Scarlett Johansson thing. A movie I was supposed to like because all these talented film people who saw it raved about it. A lot of people whose opinion I respect said this is a great movie. Neon Demon. Yawn. Oh, my God. Each scene was beautifully shot. And I understand that's probably why all the film people were you know, in the bag for it, but good God, was that a long, boring movie. <laughs> okay. It was, it was really fun to watch for like the first half an hour. And, you know, it's kind of like the Samurai Jack thing. Okay. That's, that's neat and all. It's very pretty, but what if you put a plot in there? Hmm? Just a thought. Yeah. The, the plot could have taken like five minutes and it was, uh, I don't know. It got bloody and weird at the very end, but it really wasn't worth it. I would not recommend seeing that movie. Okay. What about you? You watching any films that are not in our film festival? You know, uh, I think you saw this film as well. Uh, we just saw I Don't Feel at Home in This World Anymore. Did you like that? Oh, I love that film. It was great. Cool. 
directed by Macon Blair, starring Melanie Linsky and Elijah Wood. Uh, It's about this woman whose house gets broken into, and her laptop and her grandmother's silver service get stolen. And it's her mission to get them back. Not to get necessarily revenge, but just to, like, try to get an apology. And she gets involved in this very low-stakes sort of crime caper. Which is just, uh, it, it is a quirky, weird, fun, hilarious, odd little film. And I, I adored it. I thought it was great. I'm so glad you liked it. You know, the main uh, criminal I... guy in the film is David Yao, the uh, lead singer of the Jesus Lizard in Scratch Acid. Oh, wow. I did not know that. And I, I like me the Scratch Acid. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, the only, only complaint I had that movie was the bit about the snake. I don't know. As soon as I saw the snake, I'm like, that snake doesn't live there. And then what, what happened with the snake? Hey, come on. But yeah, overall, great movie. Yeah, I, I really liked it. Uh, another f- cool film that uh, I got recently. This is another one that I supported on Indiegogo from directors Jeremy Gillespie and Stephen Kostansky, who are known uh, previously for their work with Astron 6. They did the films Manborg and Father's Day, as well as uh, shorts like Biocop. Uh, they have a brand new film out called The Void which is a very cool horror movie. It's kind of an 80s throwback. Sort of reminds me if you took Hellraiser and From Beyond, put them in a blender, and then squeezed out all the black humor so it was just straight, serious horror, you would have something very similar to The Void. has uh, some really great gore scenes. It is a low-budget film. Very cool. Not a lot of plot to get in the way of the story. It gets right to the mayhem pretty quickly. A lot of beautiful film work and some amazing gore and a pretty great ending. So I would definitely say check out The Void. Yeah, I'm going to do that. Another horror film that we just watched to complete my trilogy is uh, the anthology XX, which is uh, four stories done by female filmmakers, which was really cool. Uh, Javanka oh, Vukovic. XX, I get it. Yeah. Javanka Vukovic, was like who was, uh, used to be an editor, I think, for Rudemorg Magazine, did the uh, first segment with that's called The Box, which is something that's kind of reminded me of Stephen King's Thinner, that sort of a tale. There yeah. is a tale done by Annie Clark of St. Vincent directed a, a little piece about this woman who is scrambling at her child's birthday party to hide from her daughter the fact that her father's dead. Oh, shit. There is a kind of a chupacabra sort of a horror tale and then a sort of satanic demon thing as well uh, directed by Roxanne Benjamin and Karen Kusama uh, respectively. A very cool film. I think it was $7.99 on pay-per-view. Julie and I really enjoyed it and what I liked about it is they're all really intelligent pieces. You know, none of them kind of spoon-feed you the story. They just sort of end and leave you some room for thought and to breathe and to think about the films. And uh, I just thought that was really cool. So uh, check that out as well, XX. Good stuff. Cool. You know, I've been playing a game, and I, I suppose that I'm pretty far behind the times to bring this up. But I feel like I should because it's such a great game. Super hot. I know it, it got a lot of buzz last year, but I just started playing it. <laughs> Very cool game. This, this is a, it's like a first-person shooter, but time only moves when you move. So you're constantly like 
trying to fine tune the next little step that you take or shot that you take and you're always looking around the style is very simplistic it's almost wireframe but a cool game super hot got it on steam it was cheap you should check it out you know i'm playing a steam game as well right now yeah what are you playing uh this is one i think that uh our friend dz shouted out on facebook and i had to check it out it's called slay away camp yeah it's a little puzzle game where essentially you are this killer slasher killer and you have to go through these series of puzzles killing teenagers and the only way you can move (laughs) is kind of like a rook in chess so you can move slide until you hit a barrier and so you're sliding around a grid and trying to kill the uh you know teenagers or whatever in order is super cute you can unlock different kill scenes. Uh, there's like 15 levels in each quote-unquote film. So the first one, Slayaway Camp 1, and then you beat that one, you move on to the second one. And uh, it's super fun. I, I just got up to Slayaway Camp 3D, which is the fourth one, and it is diabolical hard. So it starts out easy and fun, and then it starts to get to where it's really twisting your brain. So if you like puzzle games with a little horror dash of flavor on it, Check out Slayaway Camp. It's really cool. That sounds right up your alley. It is. Yeah, it's good stuff. Hey, there's a little piece of music that, that I think people should just be aware of. My friend Don clued me into this. For whatever reason, he posted this link to something that happened at Coachella. I care about Coachella not in the least. EDM, not my thing. But for some reason, they put... Hans Zimmer, the composer of blockbuster film scores, in a slot on the main stage at Coachella, and he showed up with an orchestra, as well as uh, a couple of keyboards, electric guitar type things, and he did about an hour, hour plus of his own music, the theme to Inception, music from The Dark Knight, and it fucking rocked. It was so amazingly good. It was just this thing that came out of nowhere. You can watch it online, free, streaming. You owe it to yourself to check it out when you have a whole bunch of really talented musicians playing behind a guy that's really smart about making music. It was awesome. There there were some bits, like Lion King bits, where they had people singing, not real fond of that. But the straight-up music, the the dissonance, the minor keys, the, the, the crazy chord possessions just blowing out of there. I'm sure there were a bunch of people in the audience that were waiting for Skrillig to spin two different turntables and push a button or something. But that thing was, was one of the coolest musical things I've encountered in a long time. So go, you owe it to yourself to go find that and listen on really good speakers. That's oh, all. Okay. Yeah, you're like, oh, yeah, cool. Was there a death metal? Shut up, Gordon. <laughs> no, I'll give it a look. Absolutely. All right. That's about it. Isn't that enough media, man? I think that's enough, yeah. You know what? I think we've been bending everybody's ear enough, so why don't we get the hell out of here? All right. Straighten your ear out. Cool. Well, uh, once again, thank you very much to uh, everyone who made the Boneback Comedy of Horrors Film Festival possible. Our attendees, Kickstarter backers, the filmmakers who attended... Todd Rodinius, Ryan Bright, Eric Morgret, Zoran Gavoyevich, Steve DiGennaro. It was a pleasure meeting you all, and uh, to have you there to share your work with us on the big screen was uh, unforgettable. So uh, thank you again. 
Uh, also, our sponsors for this year's film festival. Scarecrow Video, Fantagraphics, Corner Comics, Mac and Jacks, Zippy's Giant Burgers, Stalker Farms, Vortex Video, Games and Gizmos, Vernon Wells, Pathfinder, Belladonna Magazine, Dolcetta Artisan Suites, Dark Horse Comics, Flying Saucer Pizza, GT Printing Equipment, and Jerry Coos. Jerry Coos! Thank you all for, again, your support and sponsorship and what you give to the festival to make it uh, as good as it is. We really appreciate that. Our usual bullshit. The show phone number is 425-296-6557, or you can reach us via email at steve at bonehand.com. We've got new content on bonehand.com infrequently. It's also the home of the Heavy Half Hour. And I'm over at mightywombat.com. Got a Facebook page. We got a Facebook page for the show. Steve's on the Twitter at Bonehand. I am. I'm ignoring the Twitter at Mighty underscore Wombat. He is. Thank you for listening. If you like what we do, please spread the word and tell a friend. Got one last song tonight. We're going to serve up something completely different. We actually opened our festival this year with this little piece of music. Uh, it came from a short directed by Jeremy Galante of Sandpiper Animation. But the music itself is from none other than They Might Be Giants. This is Let Me Tell You About My Operation. I hope you dig it. Once again, I'm Steve. This is Gord. Have a good one. I do have a good one.
très bon. Très bon. Nothing but movie stars and cocaine. <laughs> oh, hey. <laughs>